2: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a secret that
1: the Momtourage ladies have struggled with their mental health, and we're not alone. Maternal mental health is a major issue in the United States. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Our kids deserve happy parents, and we deserve to
2: be happy. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work not dealing well with stress. Or maybe the pressures of having a child and this pandemic have made you realize that things are not okay and now is a good time to start talking about it.
1: Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. Digital health is bigger than ever now during this pandemic. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't
2: want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we have a special offer for Momtourage listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional
1: therapy at betterhelp.com slash That's betterhelp.com slash slash mom And thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode.
2: Hi, friends. Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. We've got another good one for you today. We have got an amazing show, but just so you know, we also have our children in our house. So... What else is new? Hilarity might ensue, or the opposite of hilarity. We'll see. Or just annoyance. Time will tell.
1: But today we're chatting with Angela Kinsey podcast host, star of The Office, and the new Netflix original film, Tall Girl 2, which is out now.
2: I have no relation to that film because I'm short girl. Number one.
1: I have lots of relation. Then guys, have you
2: seen Encanto yet? We have, and we know you probably, at least if you have kids, you have, and our kids are obsessed, your kids are obsessed, we're obsessed, we are chatting with Sharice Castro-Smith, the screenwriter of the film, and we are talking about all the reasons why we and everyone else on the planet is seriously obsessed and so ready for this film. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag, but up next, Luna, do you want to say it live? I picked you in the shit. My tits are, I have been having a lot more energy than usual. I went to my functional medicine doctor and some of the other stuff is not quite working yet that the functional medicine doctor told me, but energy is one thing that is working and I'm excited. That's good. Because I'm like not a dead person at the end of the day and I've been really productive during the day and haven't had those same kind of like lags in energy. There's definitely been like lags in mood and other stuff, but energy is like, I'm happy for that. What are you doing different? Oh, I'm taking all these different kinds of supplements. I gave up coffee, you know, all these things to try to regulate my hormones. And right. the reason why it's on top of my mind today is I had my virtual appointment with him today and he asked me, does this feel better? And I was surprised that my answers were yes. All of you moms know this. We just like go from one moment to the next, to the next. We're just shot out of a cannon and just doing the best we can. And so right. for him to ask me and me to take a moment and be like, huh, it's like 90% better than it was before. So yay <laughs> for energy. And I mean, I think you've noticed it because even though I've been a little... Little bit, like, down in the dumps, I've been really productive. Yeah, I agree. So some of that brain fog that I was having where I thought I had a brain tumor and I was stroking out is starting to clear. I'm not having the forgetfulness and the brain fog that I had before. So something's working with this holistic that's good. functional medicine doctor. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. My shits are that I have to take a disciplining, willful child class on Thursday. i would be excited to hear about that. Because she runs things mm-hmm. and I... I yep. So my shits are that I can't figure out how to parent my child and I have to take a course.
1: I mean, I don't think that that's bad. You know what? Better you take a course than you don't take a course. True. She is tough. Yeah. It's great that you have such a strong-willed daughter. You know, may we all be that kind of girl. You just need a little help in breaking her like a horse. <laughs> yeah, and I want her to
2: still be strong-willed, just not necessarily towards me.
1: And it's really about you learning how to handle it. Right. 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 It's a class for me. I think it's a very mature, lovely decision. I know it feels shitty, but I think it's like a really adult decision. Well, thank you. More than having a kid, because any Joe Schmo can have a kid. But to take the initiative and say, I want to learn how to do what's right by this strong-willed child really is a whole other thing. I have a pimple on my earlobe. I have never gotten a pimple in this place. There is not space for that. It's like right here. I'm showing you. I saw you working it. I popped it and all this stuff came out. So now I have a a pimple patch on it. But it was like hurting last night when I was laying on it. And so much goozy stuff came out. It was so gross. Anyway, that's my shit. (laughs) I don't know about everyone else, but I feel like Tom Holland is being forced down my throat so hard. You know who Tom Holland is, right? Yes, I do. For those of you who may not, he's the newest of the Spider Mans. He has—he's
2: Zendaya's boyfriend.
1: Yeah, he has that new like action adventure movie coming out with Mark Wahlberg, which is like the weirdest casting in the entire world. Mostly because I can't stand Mark Wahlberg, right? But I just feel like Tom Holland is being like forced down my throat so hard, and. I'm on TikTok. He is sexy. He is a handsome guy. I also feel like he's like 24. So what the fuck am I doing? Like seriously, but he came into a dream. He didn't come in my dream, but he, he did. Was, you, though? Did you? No, no, I did not. But like it was heading there and I woke up quick backstory. I used to have very sexually charged dreams way back in the day about Owen Wilson. And I am not at all attracted to Owen Wilson. Let me
2: just tell you something. People have told me I look like Owen Wilson. So what does that mean for our relationship? I know.
1: <laughs> he does not. Firstly, I don't see it. And that's a good thing because I do not find that man attractive. But I would wake up from these dreams and be like, the fuck am I into Owen Wilson? What's happening here? And I kind of woke up from this Tom Holland dream the same way. And I said to Matt the other day, because that Uncharted or whatever that fucking movie is that he's about to be in with Marky Mark, those commercials are playing all over the place. I said to Matt, they're really forcing this kid down my throat. And it's working because I had a dream about him the other night. And he started to get a little jealous and I was like, look, I'm not telling you that to, like, make you upset. I'm just telling you that whatever publicist agent this kid has is doing their job. Well, it's sort
2: of like how I thought about Jason Momoa during Game of Thrones. Except
1: he's actually very hot. and He, like, is a man. Tom Holland is, like, a child. He's
2: a Keebler elf, yes. All the kids like him, but that makes sense because he's a child. Right,
1: exactly. Look at
2: my highlighter. I did a good job with my dewy highlighter. Thank you, Rare Beauty. I really like that highlighter. I have, like... Liked everything I have
1: tried, which is the highlighter, the blush, the lip stuff. Oh, the lip stuff, right? Right. Put like a light thing on. The other tits are, you know, I was trying to spend January organizing the shit out of my house, clearing things out. I think I've basically accomplished that, and I'm very happy. You've peaked, organized my like basement. I have a dedicated craft area now that like has a nice table and a sewing machine. So one day when I have the energy to sew, I have a place
2: to do it. We're gonna put our treadmill down there. I have to make my base the corner that is the art corner for Luna into now. Just
1: an overall craft area. Where I
2: can put a higher table next to hers and I can have my sewing machine and my craft stuff. Yep, that's what I have going on there. I gotta work on that. I'm not there yet.
1: Look, I had shit all over my house the entire month of January because I would like clean one room and move it to another area and then like clean that room and like pull from that pile of stuff and put into that pile of stuff. It just takes a while and Matt was getting very annoyed because I would have boxes of just shit overflowing all over the house and he was like, God damn it, can we please clean our house
2: I have one other I'm not even sure if it's a tit or a shit but I'm sort of having That's my Tom Holland dream sort of having like a midlife crisis where I'm like I want to get some more piercings okay I made an appointment at the lady that you like mm-hmm. I have three yeah. earrings on the lobe on the right side and two on the left the only two that I got at the same time were the first two the other two I got at random right Is you know and so the one on the left has always been pierced I got it done at Piercing Pagoda because I'm a girl from New Jersey in the 80s so we didn't like have like fancy to piercing places back in the day. You just, either your mom did it with a potato and a needle or you went to piercing pagoda. Or Claire's. Yeah, so that nine-year-old who pierced my ear, whoever, how old they were at, (laughs) did it low. And I've always thought it looked like it was like gonna drop. Off my lid. This is a second hole? Yeah, second hole. Yeah. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go to this fancy place where they do a consultation of like the styling of your ear, which I could really appreciate that because I don't particularly like the way they're styled yeah. right now. And I think I might get a piercing that's closer in, but in the same spot as where that second hole is, like a double on the same thing. That's if my cool. I have tiny earlobes, so I don't know if that'll work. And then maybe another little one. I don't know. I'm not into getting them pierced all up into the cartilage because I think that would be painful for me, but I'm getting know just see where the wind takes me. Try having a deep
1: pimple on your earlobe. That's some pain right there. That's right. (laughs) Guys, we have a really, really fun show for you. It's a lot of different Hollywood things, but let's start off with our Momtrage review of the week. And firstly, may I applaud you listeners? Because you are coming through. It took you a little bit, but you are coming through, ladies, gentlemen, folks, non-binary folks. You are coming through and we very much appreciate it. It's
2: true. So I'm going to let you have the fun accent. If you hear something funny, it's my child taking all my crystals in a bowl and mashing them. That sounds energetically good. In a bronze singing bowl. It's full hippie, full destruction. We're here. Wonderful. This review is entitled Makes My Week, and it's from Melissa. How about you do finance, bro? This is my finance reputation. I cannot wait for Wednesdays. This pandemic has been hard, and this podcast helps me feel connected to other friends. I love their twisted sense of humor, and uh, thank you so much for the content, ladies.
1: I feel like we needed like a rock on in there or something. Well, I want you
2: to imagine that I'm wearing a polar fleece vest. Right, sleeveless, of course. Yes, with Bear Stearns written on it. Yep. Some khakis. Which I don't think exists anymore. No. That's wonderful. Alyssa, hit us up. Send us your deets and we'll send you some swag. Yes, ma'am.
1: Today's guest is an actress, podcaster, mom, and she buys her clothes at the American Girl doll store. Her new Netflix original movie, Tall Girl 2, is out now. Welcome, Angela Kinsey. I had to. I'm such an Office fan. I adore you. I I mean it only in the best way. I hope that's okay. No,
3: it's totally fine. I don't know if I can fit into the American Girl doll (laughs) clothes anymore, but I have been known to still go to Gap Kids. I'm so sorry. Is that true? It's true. Oh, I love that. That is like-
1: Such great intel. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about the movie. I've always identified as a tall girl. I do not get to shop at Gap Kids. I used to work for Martha Stewart. She called me tall girl. Did she really? She really did. She really did. She would be like, tell the tall girl over there, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not lost on me that we're talking about your new film, Tall Girl 2. Tell us about this film.
3: So it is a sequel. There was Tall Girl, the first one, where we meet Jody and her family and her friends at school. And this movie just continues her story a little bit. Really, it just highlights some of those themes that we all, it doesn't matter what age you are, that we all struggle with just being comfortable in your own skin and believing in yourself, you know, not tearing yourself down, but learning to build yourself up no matter what the situation and knowing that even when things feel scary, that you're going to get through it and you're going to be okay. I really love
1: that because one of the things that the film really focused on was Jody's. impossible imposter syndrome, which I think all of us can totally relate to that concept. Right. And I think nothing really teaches you to kind of defeat your imposter syndrome or overcome it like being an actor or a performer in any way. How do you conquer it? Or how did you conquer it?
3: I don't think you ever conquer it. I think that's the thing, right? Let that go. Because if you don't conquer it, then you feel like you fail, right? I feel like it's a lifelong thing, no matter what your profession or what you choose to to do in life, of having days where you feel really great about yourself and you're like, I crushed it today. Whether it's like, hey, I did a great job as a mom today, or I was a good friend today, or I was a good daughter, or I did a great job at work today or at school. And then there's days where you're like, "Ah, I just wasn't my best. I could have done better. And just to not live in that moment, to learn from whatever it was that didn't make you feel great that day and reflect on it and then move on because it's a whole new day tomorrow and there'll be new things coming. At you, and you're gonna take some of the wisdom from yesterday and you're gonna be okay. I
1: love that. And I love that you touched on the motherhood aspect because one of the other things I wanted to ask you about is I've seen the first movie, I've obviously seen the second movie. You know, Jody's character has come a long way in this second film in regards to her feelings as opposed to her sister. I know you're a mother and a stepmother. There are bound to be these issues in a household filled with multiple children. Do you have a tip for parents that are dealing with one child feeling inadequate compared to another
3: child, or any kind of competition. Yeah, you know, I mean, we have two boys and a girl. They are all so different. We're all so unique. We all have such amazing things that we bring to the table, and I think that's the thing we really try to highlight, which is no one brings what you bring. You bring specifically you, and that is wonderful. And that we're just this great, like blended mix. And we all have the thing that we contribute. So we really try to focus on that.
1: I'm an only child. I got all the attention. So I don't, one of the things that concerns me about having any other kids is how do you overcome that? And that's such a beautiful explanation. It's what you would say in any other facet of life. The judgmental cold sound of Angela Martin's voice lulls me to sleep almost every single night. That is not an exaggeration. (laughs) So it's so bizarre for me to see you in a role where you're so lovely and jovial, and smiling and happy. Do you prefer playing this very lovable, almost villain character or somebody who's more, you know, happy, upbeat, what you seem like in real life?
3: I mean, it's so fun to play something completely opposite from yourself. I had such a blast playing Angela Martin because I am not confrontational. I think probably one of the things I've worked on on myself is not always being a people pleaser and being okay to sometimes just have boundaries. (laughs) That's a hard one. But Angela, Angela Martin, man, she was so good at boundaries and it was really fun to play someone like that. We sort of have a joke in my house, my husband and I, that after nine years of playing Angela Martin, I have resting bitch face (laughs) RBF. And so I'll be completely happy, but my expression will be like... (laughs) And he'll be like, babe, what's up? I'm like, nothing. What? I'm just making a sandwich. What's going on? And he's like, you like have this look. And I think after nine years, you know, I'd be on set and I'd be like chatty and laughing with Jenna. And then they'd say, okay, action. And I'd have to make the face. The Angela face. And now I think sometimes my face is just like, oh, I'm going to hang out here for a minute.
1: <laughs> We've all been known to have resting bitch face at times. And I'm sure the
3: Angela thing really played into that. It's so weird to talk about a character that has the same name as you, huh? I know it is weird. That's why I often say Angela Martin. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's her own person. You know, there's this video going around right now on social media where it's like, that's not my name. Yes. Like, mine would just be like, but that is my name. <laughs> Okay,
1: so we ask all of our moms this question. Obviously, I have to ask you, what is the number one thing you think that every mom should outsource if she has the means to do so?
3: Oh gosh, I don't have this. It's the thing I daydream about. My husband and I daydream about. Okay, We don't have this. We have three kids right now and because of ages and interests, they're at three different schools. So we have three different morning drop-offs and three afternoon pickups in three locations. Every day, it's like a little bit of a juggling act. We have this amazing family, our son, Cade's friend, Leo. Their family lives really close to us. I want to give a shout out to Veronica, Leo's mom, who helps us in the morning. This is a very domestic <laughs> thing to share, but sometimes I fantasize about having someone that can go do all the afternoon pickup or something, yes, like, you know.
1: That's a wonderful answer. My son's four and I'm kind of dreading the point where he starts having a zillion and one activities and like having to, be all over the place all the time with it. It seems very daunting.
3: I call it mom taxi. That's what you are. Some days you're just mom taxi. Yeah. My mother had this magnet on our fridge. You know, we had the old timey fridge. You could put magnets on them and she had a magnet for so long all through growing up and I didn't get it. And now I get it. I think back to this magnet all the time. It was a mom looking completely frazzled. It was like a cartoon. (laughs) Her hair was all over the place and she was behind the steering wheel of her car. And the caption said, if a mother's place is the home, then why am I always in the damn car?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Angela, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk with us. Congrats on the new film. Thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Angela's new Netflix original film, Tall Girl 2, is out now. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the Our next guest is a playwright, actress, TV writer, producer, co-director, and mom whose work you'll know because she co-wrote a little movie you may have heard of, Encanto. Here to talk about the film, now on DVD and Blu-ray, and as of today, three Oscar nominations. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Sharice Castro-Smith. Welcome, Sharice. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I've got to tell you, we have been so excited to chat with you. Obviously, as is everyone under the sun, in love with this movie. I feel this weird connection to you. I feel like we should be doing this over a cocktail because amazing. there I is so that. much. Yes, there is so much <laughs> we have in common. I am born in Miami to a Cuban-American hey, family. Cool! Yes, we're essentially the same age. We both have the Smith last name add-on. How did yours come to be? Were you born a Smith? I'm Castro on my mom's side and Smith on my dad's side. Hence. I'm <laughs> married into the Smith part. Amazing. Yeah, And not to mention, this movie was so relatable, I think, to so many people. The concept of breaking the cycle of generational trauma through my mother's therapy and my own therapy. I feel like Cubans offer a certain special kind of generational trauma, (laughs) abuelas especially. How much of this was based on your life, your Cuban-American experience? Talk to me about all
0: of that. First of all, this movie was made by an incredibly large, passionate, talented team. There was 800 people on our crew who worked on this movie for three years, not to mention our wonderfully talented cast and my amazing two directors that I worked with, Jared Bush and Byron Howard. So a lot, a lot of people put their passion and talent and time into this movie. I will say personally, yes, this movie is very personal to me. When I was a kid in Miami, I was the only girl amongst my cousins, I was La Unica And basically I had the option of curing cancer or becoming president for my job options starting at about the age of five. They were very proud of me and really expected great things from me. So, you know, I felt that dual encouragement slash pressure of expectation myself from a really early age. And so as we started to develop this film and think about these characters and sort of what some of the family dynamics were at play and not just drawing from my own experience, but talking to a lot of our Colombian friends and consumers. Sultans and lots of other Latine creators who helped us with their perspectives on this film. This idea of pressure born out of love, but also this kind of cultural need to sort of make all the sacrifices worth it. it. was a common theme that resonated with a lot of people and something that obviously made its way into the film.
1: For the record, I have two middle names, Melissa Danielle, and that's because the initials are M.D. because wow. my father <laughs> oh, no. believed in Manifest Destiny, I guess. Ooh. So I yes. <laughs> I hear ya. <laughs>
2: Wow. So yeah. <laughs> something that Ashley and I have talked a lot about is that there's lots of Disney movies out there for our youth that have similar themes, like death of a parent, princesses, someone saving them. And this movie really breaks the mold. How did this come about? And there seems to be like a Disney template. And did they want you to follow that
0: template? Because it was such a different kind of film. Absolutely. Well, I'll answer your question about how it came about first. So this movie was in development for a total of five years. Jared and Byron, the, the two directors, were kind of thinking about wanting to make a movie that was about a large intergenerational family for a long time. And I joined the movie about two years into the Belden Project and was with it for three years. And yes, we have this incredible legacy of Disney films, films I love that I grew up watching. I mean, The Little Mermaid, I think I like wore out my VHS tape of that when I was a kid. We do sort of fall into this long tradition of beautifully animated films that have heart and humor in them. But yes, this movie is also really different from a lot of the movies in the canon. And I credit a lot of people for that. I credit our producers. I credit Jennifer Lee, who is the current COO of the animation studio, who did Frozen. I think, you know, she started to break the mold with that movie, which was centered on sisterly love. And I think as these films continue to evolve, I see even in the slate of movies that are coming up after us, the willingness to kind of tackle more complicated issues and sort of use that magic to tell stories about real things that people are going through. So I really, I credit the studio for that.
1: On a little bit more of a personal level for you, a mother, you're obviously (laughs) very conscious of breaking the cycle of generational trauma, which I feel like parents of younger kids of our time, this is something we're very cognizant of. It's something we, Carrie and I, are actively working on ourselves and we know how truly difficult it is sometimes. So what are some of the things that have worked for you in your process of doing this in your personal life? Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did you know you were coming to therapy today?
0: (laughs) Well, I will say, so my daughter is turning four. She'll be four in March. And so she turned two basically on the day that we all locked down for the pandemic. We were just all together here. I was working on this movie about 10 hours a day, six days a week for most of that time. We were all together here in our house. And so there was really nowhere to escape from the (laughs) intimacy of family. But, you know, something that's been really helpful to me is just to remember to take care of myself. You know, I really kind of thought for a long time that it was selfish to follow that sort of thinking of like putting on your own mask before helping others. But, you know, the last two years taught me that if I have nothing to give myself, I have zero to give other people. And so if I am constantly refilling my well of passion for myself, if I am making sure that I am going rollerblading and swimming, those are my two little hobbies, that I am reading books that I like, that I am taking care of myself, I know that I have more patience and more to give to everyone in my family, my daughter included. So.
2: Absolutely. What was the process like when the musical book was being written? Like how much did you and Lynn manuel work together and how interactive was that? Of
0: course, it was a really close collaboration from the very beginning. So Lynn manuel was on this movie even before I joined. And once I joined and we started writing scripts and really got the movie into development, it was really a very intimate process. Like Jared and I, who wrote the script together, would sort of figure out what we thought was a moment where a song probably belonged, what the character was thinking at that moment, what we needed to convey, what sort of story beats had to happen. And we would hand that off to Lynn and he would write an f- incredible song that would just blow us all away. And then it was, you know, in some cases with some of the songs, the process of tweaking Mirabelle's songs was one of the last ones that was actually completed because it was so, it was such a specific yearning that she had. And she has such a different sort of heroine song than the typical Disney princess song, you know? She's hurting. She is really feeling the effects of not being included. It's a really angsty song. And so it took a long time to really crack that one. But I'm really pleased with how it ended up. Side note, I was doing the Peloton Encanto ride
2: yesterday. And my daughter was in the basement and she was confused because she knows that she's not supposed yeah. to go near my bike when I'm on it. But, then yeah. she like, but that's my music coming <laughs> from the bike. I was like, I know. So then I have a little exercise. mat, And she started like shaking her shoulders and was dancing while I I was doing the (laughs) book. That's amazing. So the character of Louisa has struck such a chord in so many people. I mean, there's been so many people on TikTok and Instagram talking about it too, you know, and I've related to her in so many ways as feeling like I just needed to be strong and handle everything. I'm an old child and I was a caretaker of a lot of people in my family and now having a family of my own, it felt like mothers sometimes shoulder a very heavy load. The character had me bursting into tears and I've heard that from (laughs) not only me but i, or, I why, literally rewatching it I cried during her song the other yeah. day. <laughs> why do you think that so many people are feel represented by her like when you were writing that character
0: did you know that this was going to hit so many buttons? For all of the characters we really started by thinking sort of what the most relatable family archetypes are sort of the person who takes on everything the golden child who can do no wrong so we really were grounding all of these characters in family archetypes that we know people we can point to probably in our own families or friend groups. And Luisa, I think so many of us feel like we are giving so much all the time and not being seen for that. Lin-Manuel felt like he was writing the song about his sister because he felt like his sister was the, his person in the family who was like this. But I love that people gravitate towards that character. Hers is one of my favorite songs in the movie. I've definitely felt like Luisa a lot of the time in my personal life. Yeah, I love that people are really sort of taking that character on and embracing her.
1: By the way, when I was doing research for all these questions, there's an article on line that breaks down each character and what their role is in this family. And it is such a, I mean, it's something you realize watching it, but then to read it, it was like highly recommended, even though you wrote the movie,
3: you know, all of this. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks.
1: So we ask all of our moms this question, what is the number one thing that you think every mom should outsource if she has the means to do so or they?
0: Oh boy. I love my housekeeper. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Her name is Digna. We love her. She's basically part of her family. I don't know how our lives would quite function without her. So yes. Yes. uh,
1: That would be mine too. Please
0: plug yourself, plug the film, do all the things. Absolutely. So, you know, the film is coming out on Blu-ray now. So that is very exciting. There's a sing-along, I think, happening very soon that Lin-Manuel is leading that I think is going to be great. You know, we've got these cool awards shows coming up and I am developing two different TV shows right now and two different features that I'm really excited about and hopefully be able to talk about them a little bit more soon. We awesome. would love that.
1: Please come on back to Mom Trash because we would love to. And thank you for making like a Disney movie that I feel like I grew with Disney or Disney grew with me through Encanto. So yeah, thank, you. thank you for that. Thank you guys. This has been
0: a pleasure. Thank See you.
1: Hashtag swag bag. And hashtag swag bag. All right, I'm going to go first because I have mine done. Target has a line called Bright Room. It is all organization shit. It's like rolling carts, pull-out drawer things, plastic cabinets, and it is all such high-end, nice. Oh, I'm going to look. Good luck buying it. I, like, bought it before they even advertised it. And now it's, like, sold out on their website. What's it
2: called? Bright End? It's called Bright Room. Oh, Bright Room. It's one word.
1: But it's all container store quality for a fraction of the price. Oh, you shared that guy's TikTok about it, right? I probably, because I've, like, shared it with my mom. I, like, was just like, hey, I bought this stuff. You need to go get it. It is so good. I bought the -the under-the-cabinet metal. Old drawers, the small, medium, and large that stack on top of each other. And that has been wonderful. I have one in my kitchen as well. I've bought their clear plastic containers. I'm probably going to buy a few other things because of this organizational kick I've been on, but really, it is so good. They have a kit that's like bins for your fridge, and I think it's like $25.
2: I want the clear plastic storage for my cereal.
1: Oh, the top loading kind? Yes. The little top thing? Yes. Yeah. It's really good. Really well priced. I think it's really well built. I haven't had one issue. So I really recommend it if you are like me where you can watch old biddies fight and fall asleep. But organizational shows get you too hyped up. I'm
2: literally not paying attention to you and instead looking at these amazing beauty lazy Susans. I mean. Yeah, I'm going to get
1: one of those from my closet. So good. Good, good stuff. Bright room at Target. And also just a little pro tip. The home edit has has a line just like this now at Walmart. I'm not a huge Walmart person, and I don't know. I just didn't find their stuff as practical, even though I love the Home Edit. In case you're looking, Home Edit also has organizational stuff at Walmart that's very well-priced as well. I
2: love this. I love this. It's looking really good. Yeah. I'm extremely excited about this. I might get, like, one of the
1: rolling carts for the craft area so that Sebastian's stuff is there, and he has the things that he can use easily accessible, because I spent a lot of money on my craft crafting shit over the years. and I don't want them ruining scissors because of stuff. You know what I mean? I
2: have the two rolling carts that I got a million years ago from Ikea for that same situation. Yeah, I love them. Yeah,
1: but I think these are cheaper even than Ikea.
2: I love that tip. That's a real on-the-money yeah. mom tip right there.
1: The clear bins. I have two in my kitchen for storage, and they are
2: so good. I'm seeing the bamboo expandable drawer dividers and the shelf dividers. I have them from the container store, and they were very, expensive. I love them. I stand by them and here they have them. Yep. Basically the exact same way in half the price. Yep. It's really well priced. Wow. All right. what's
1: your swag pick?
2: My swag bag is, this is a true Mom Taraji style thing. Whole Foods makes a cacao chocolate covered frozen banana dessert. It's a dessert? It's a tub of chopped frozen bananas with chocolate on them. Oh
1: yeah. Trader Joe's has them too and they do strawberries too. Oh, good to know. A great diet dessert. It's called, like, Going Bananas
2: at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Exactly. I got them, for me, we were doing Super Clean January, and I was trying to find something that, like, I could get into, you know? And Luna ended up absolutely loving them, and now I feel so much better about giving her that as a dessert. Sebastian loves those, too. I don't know a kid that doesn't love that treat. And so I was super excited, because I'm like, okay, well, I feel a little bit better about giving her this, because it's an additional fruit, chocolate's not that bad for you, and general and so that's my swag bag that's a good one thank you I mean it's not romantic in any way shape or form neither
1: is mine yours
2: gets me off I'll tell you that much (laughs) that's how I feel well guys once again it's been a joy truly
1: another one in the books friends love you bye okay that's our show today folks thank you so much for giving us a listen please do not forget to rate review and subscribe or follow we are out here on our own and these things really really matter we
2: want to hear from you tell us what you want to hear Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast, written and produced by Ashley Herron-Smith and Carrie Sotero, recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com.